Georgia's DBHDD reminds people that the Good Samaritan Law can save lives during alcohol and drug overdoses. People are urged to call 911 and stay until help arrives. More information at opioidresponse.info. Hello and welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Friday, May 5th. I'm Orlando Montoya. On today's episode, Georgia announces the 2024 presidential primary date disappointing many Democrats. A unique program for aspiring teachers in Macon graduates its first students. Graduation season means big names will be visiting the state. And we'll have those details and more coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. Georgia's top elections official has squashed Democrats' wishes to make the state's presidential primary one of the nation's earliest. GPB's Stephen Fowler reports. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger has sole authority to set the primary date and announced it Thursday. It's March 12th, the week after a jam-packed Super Tuesday, but still early enough to potentially make a difference in the GOP race. Here's Raffensperger. By selecting March 12th, Georgia will continue to be a central part of the national discussion. Our voters are diverse, they're smart, and they're politically savvy. Democrats hoped Raffensperger would move the state earlier after the party voted to approve a calendar that catapulted the Peach State sooner. But the Republican National Committee rules would penalize Georgia if their primary encroached upon the pre-selected early states. Raffensperger said he wouldn't cost any party any delegates or hold votes on two separate dates, hence the March 12th selection. For GPB News, I'm Stephen Fowler. Governor Brian Kemp has signed into law the $32 billion state budget for the fiscal year that begins in July. Among other spending priorities, the budget provides raises of four dollars to $6,000 for law enforcement officers and $2,000 for other state workers, teachers, and university system employees. Also today, Kemp was expected to sign into law a bill to create an oversight board for elected local prosecutors. Republicans said the bill was needed to discipline bad district attorneys. Democrats argued it was aimed at them and undermines democracy. And yesterday, Governor Kemp signed a bill legalizing lemonade stands. The bipartisan measure allows Georgians under 18 to sell non-consumable goods, pre-packaged food items, and non-alcoholic beverages on private property without requiring a permit or license or paying a tax. The businesses can earn no more than $5,000 a year. The World Health Organization says COVID-19 is no longer a global emergency. The announcement today brings to a symbolic end a pandemic that over three years killed millions of people worldwide. In Georgia, it hospitalized 140,000 people and killed 35,000, according to numbers confirmed by the State Department of Public Health. The WHO says although the virus emergency phase is over, it continues to spike regionally and kill thousands worldwide. The director of the Atlanta-based Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says the official end of the COVID-19 emergency is a good time for her to announce her resignation. Dr. Rochelle Walensky announced her decision this morning. Her departure at the end of June sets up a leadership transition at one of the Atlanta area's largest employers. As of last year, the CDC had about 13,000 full-time employees. A coroner in South Georgia's Colquitt County says a man shot two of his relatives and a fast food worker dead before killing himself yesterday in the town of Moultrie. The GBI identified the shooter as 26-year-old Kentavious White, an employee at the town's McDonald's. The shooter killed his mother and grandmother at two neighboring homes and killed an assistant manager at the restaurant before shooting himself. 
If you like hearing the news from around the state here on Georgia Today, you'll probably like hearing how Georgia's agriculture economy feeds the country and the world on A Fork in the Road. I'm David Zelsky, and on The Fork in the Road podcast, we feature stories from Georgia's farmers, fishermen, merchants, artisans, chefs, and others who help provide Georgia-grown products to folks in the Peach State and beyond. Find it online at gpb.org slash podcasts or download it on your favorite podcast platform. A program designed to give aspiring educators classroom teaching experience before they ever leave high school is graduating its first students in Macon this month. GPB's Grant Blankenship has more. A dozen high school seniors are framed by pastel balloon arches in a ceremony at the Bibb County School District's Hutchings Career Academy. They've completed the Teaching as a Profession career track. Jennifer Davis leads the program. A lot of teachers are leaving the field their first year. They don't even make it out their first year. She says that's because traditionally, teachers earn most of their college degree before they ever work in a classroom. The program she teaches flips that for students. They go into a practicum. They're able to go into a classroom and assist teachers. That helps students like Heaven Upshaw Peters. At first I was worried maybe I don't have the patience or the understanding to deal with children every day. She shadowed a kindergarten classroom. I think it actually like solidified that that's actually exactly where I want to be. Upshaw Peters is headed to Howard University to train as a teacher. Jennifer Hogan just retired from teaching and came to celebrate a former student. She says though these are tough days for teachers, this program... It gives me hope that it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Over two dozen students continue their path to leading their own classrooms in the fall. For GPB News, I'm Grant Blankenship in Macon. It's graduation season, and with that comes a lineup of celebrities, public officials, and other big names making Georgia appearances. U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is in Atlanta for tomorrow's commencement at Georgia Tech. Writer and activist Ray Hinton, who spent decades on Alabama's death row for a crime he didn't commit, is scheduled to speak at Monday's commencement at Emory University. And a week from tomorrow, country singer Zach Brown, who you might know likes his chicken fried and a cold beer on a Friday night, will receive an honorary degree at the commencement ceremony for the University of West Georgia, where Brown attended classes in the late 1990s. King Charles III will be crowned on Saturday at Westminster Abbey in London. The coronation is stirring up business for a British shop in Norcross outside Atlanta. Taste of Britain store owner Roxana Aguilar says she's nearly sold out of coronation memorabilia, including mugs and teas. There are thousands of expats, uh, British expats in Georgia, but also people who, Americans who've got heritage to England or have been to England and had, you know, such a lovely time. Tomorrow's event will be the United Kingdom's first coronation in 70 years. The Atlanta-based British Consul General for the Southeastern U.S. will host the region's official celebration in Charleston, South Carolina. Rachel Galloway says the past year has felt historic for the British, with the Queen's Jubilee, her death, and the new king. And now I think we're in a new phase where we have a new king, we'll see the coronation. And in fact, what's almost remarkable about it is how normal it feels that we're just moving into a new stage and that's actually what the people of the UK want to see and are content with. The coronation will be a mix of a thousand-year tradition with the streaming age. 
GPB has the pomp and ceremony covered for royal watchers in Georgia. Tune in tomorrow on your local GPB TV station, gpb.org or the GPB app. We'll bring you live coverage from London from 2.30 a.m. until 10 a.m., including the procession at Westminster Abbey beginning at 5 a.m. And if you're not up that early, we'll also have highlights and special coronation programs from 6.30 p.m. until 9 on Saturday and from 1 p.m. until 5 on Sunday. And now GPB's Leah Fleming joins the podcast with Ebony G. Patterson, a Jamaican-born visual artist and educator who is the winner of the 2023 David C. Driscoll Prize. Gather up some glitter, sequins, colorful fabric, toys, and perhaps some faux flowers. And what do you get? Well, if you are Ebony G. Patterson, you get a masterpiece. Patterson is a Jamaican-born visual artist and educator, and she is now the 2023 recipient of the David C. Driscoll Prize. Driscoll was born in Eatonton, Georgia. He was a legendary African-American artist and art historian. He died in 2020. The High Museum of Art in Atlanta recently hosted an event where they honored Ebony Patterson. I recently spoke with Patterson, who talked about the magnitude of this moment in her career. When I look at the you know, the cohort of people who received the award over um, uh, since its inception, um, you know, I'm, I'm it still uh, seems really unbelievable. I think last night I said to a friend, it almost feels like it's actually happening. I think there's still <laughs> a little tinge of like disbelief mm-hmm. um, in, in this happening. But yeah, I'm still um, quite stunned. There are a lot of people that describe your work, but I'm curious, how do you describe your work? I describe myself first as a painter, um, but I'm a painter who's not a purist. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what that means is that I use all things available to me in the world. Um, I haven't used a kitchen sink yet. Um, (laughs) But I use all things available to me and then interpret those things materially through a language that's anchored in painting. Um, Over the years, there's been this investment in exploring um, the use of the figure or the body. Um, And uh, that's varied over the years in terms of how that's um, ebbed and flowed uh, throughout the Um, the work dependent on the ideas or the problems that I'm trying to um, unpack um, within the work. You know, there is a piece at the High Museum that they acquired, and it is titled, They Stood in a Time of Unknowing for Those Who Bear, and uh, bear is spelled both ways, B-E-A-R slash B-A-R-E, witness. And uh, this is one of your works. And I'm wondering, what is the significance of the work, the title? Yeah, the work came out of um, looking or spending a lot of time um, looking at photographs that were often coming either on social, through social media and then um, also to, um, I guess, uh, traditional or conventional uh, news sources um, at... um, Black bodies at sites of violence um, or communal violence more specifically. Um, 
and um there was uh the way the images were almost uh sh- were always shared and then the comments that would um often follow um was always uh really problematic you know to me so you know there's a one conundrum of like spreading the information about something horrible that has happened um but then there's the other conundrum of like what if this was my uh, relative, how would I feel about um, an image of their mutilated body just being passed around almost like an object? Mm. And also, too, the way people would speak about, um, you know, the deceased often in these images, it, it almost kind of centered on a kind of objectness. Mm. Um, so um, the works, the body of work, they bear bear witness was really about unpacking the weight of witnessing, um, the weight um, that is held by witnesses, witnessing, and then also to the vulnerability in witnessing um, mm-hmm. that that also comes with its own engagement, not just in looking at violence, but also being a body that also becomes a part of a cycle or becomes a part of that extended act of violence mm. um, because of the unknowing um, moment where your image is being taken and then shared in a particular um, way for consumption and for a, um, for, an, for, a, for a bite. And then also, too, the work is also really large strategically because I was also interested in what would happen if the viewer then also became a part of that moment. You know, Mm. um, they stand inside the picture as opposed to outside the picture. So there's also this question about who is able to witness, who has the right, um, who, you know, whose voice is given weight in the moment of witnessing. You know, so what happens also, too, because you are, you know, from a particular social background or a particular racial background, that your voice um, is also nullified because of these things. Um, that what does it mean also to to not be able to participate in your in witnessing your own violence, mm. um, and that your voice somehow becomes invalid because of these um, uh, these kind of these inherent colonial um, you know structures which are quite institutionalized in the way we think about each other mm. and the way we negotiate each other. So, you know, this um, the High Museum says that this prize, this Driscoll Prize, it uh, comes along mm-hmm. with a, a gift of $50,000 uh, to use toward the mm-hmm. furthering of uh, artistic practice or research. Uh, and I'm wondering if you have uh, any plans yet in the works for how you will do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be using the money towards building a studio back home in Jamaica. In Jamaica. Um, yes. You know, our ecosystem in Jamaica is, uh, you know, it's a little different from the states. And I think that the the opportunity through the resources um, of this prize to be able to um, build a studio at home also um, also helps, I guess, burgeon something else for uh, for younger artists. You know, to be able to see that uh, that it is also possible to have um have a practice that can exist in the way that you needed to exist in your home space is also an incredibly important thing um or has always been incredibly important to me to demonstrate um it's been the reason i've always had a space at home 
now to be able to build a space um, for myself will be really great. Ebony Patterson is the 2023 Driscoll Prize recipient. This is GPB. That's it for today's edition of Georgia Today. If you'd like to learn more about these stories, visit gpb.org news. We'd really like for you to hit that subscribe button on the podcast. Take a moment, do it now, to keep us current in your feed. If you have feedback, send it to us at georgiatoday at gpb.org. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Orlando Montoya. Hope you have a great weekend. Happy Cinco de Mayo, everybody. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.